The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our return guest today is Sharon Milliman, who we first interviewed on NDE Radio back in April 17th and again on the 24th of April 2017. You can find those shows on our website by hitting the Past Shows button. Sharon is the author of A Song in the Wind, A Near-Death Experience, and since that time, she's had another quite different uh, NDE, uh, quite different from her first three. Sharon was born in Ohio as the middle daughter of three girls. She has two adult daughters and, and lives in West Virginia. After retiring from her job in banking, Sharon became involved with a foster care program and has volunteered for many years at area hospitals and churches. She also spent several years as a home health caregiver, caring for her parents, specifically her mother who passed away from end-stage Alzheimer's. Sharon has had four near-death experiences. The first occurred at the age of 13 when she drowned while taking swimming lessons. In 2005, she was struck by lightning while talking on a cordless phone. During her NDE, Sharon went to heaven and was greeted by her two brothers who had died as babies. She had a life review and saw and spoke with Jesus. And after her conversation with Jesus, she, he walked her to a wooded glen where she sat and talked with God. They had a very lengthy conversation where much love and wisdom was imparted. Sharon's near, uh, third near-death experience happened on November 3rd, 2016, while she was undergoing emergency surgery, which she'll be describing to us today. And then a fourth NDE, quite different from the others. Sharon has written a book about her experiences titled A Song in the Wind, A Near-Death Experience. Sharon, welcome to NDE Radio. Hi, thank you very much. It's good to have you back again. Oh, thank uh, you. Sharon, <laughs> it's been more than a year since you described your first two NDEs uh, for our audience, and including uh, that amazing conversation with God. Let's begin this show with your third NDE. Um, okay. My third NDE happened in November um, 2016, and I had been really sick for a long time with... Um, adhesions in my stomach and it caused a bowel blockage and um, so my I had made many many trips to the emergency room and had lots and lots of tests and they couldn't seem to because you can't see adhesions on tests so um, anyway here was this night happened and um, my husband took me back to the emergency room and there just happened to be a surgeon there that night and he uh, said that yes it was a bowel blockage that was causing all the horrendous pain and and sickness and um, while I was there he said he had had a a emergency surgery to do before mine so I had to wait Um, Mm -hmm. so I was laying in this room and I saw a an angel walking down the hallway and the angel kept looking at me and I thought that this angel was the angel of death, and I don't know what made me think that, but um, they had 
moved me to another room uh, as my surgery got closer. And the angel actually came into my room and said, well, don't mind me. I'm just here to help out. <laughs> it was <laughs> um, kind of that, was like, that yeah, must be scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, they finally came for me for my surgery. And um, while I was on the table, um, my spirit came up out of my body and I was kind of floating in the corner of the room and I could see down. I looked down and I could see the surgeons, the hats that they were wearing and their gloved hands that were in me working on me. And so I'm kind of sitting up in the corner of the room, and then there was this rainbow-colored light that that just I just went up through this rainbow-colored light and started moving very fast. And um, I ended up back in heaven again where I had been before, and I recognized everything. But this time I was standing next to the golden wall that surrounds the glorious city. And this wall is very tall and very solid, and it's pure gold. So I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, now, how can I jump this wall? I want to get over this wall. And it never <laughs> dawned on me to just walk a couple feet down <laughs> a couple feet down from where I was, and there were the gates. They were open. And there was this beautiful meadow um, in front of me, and it had tall grass and uh, beautiful wildflowers of every color, and the the colors were so vibrant and rich, and and the air was just really sweet from from all the flowers. And it was like a spring day, is how it felt. It was warm, and and the sun was out, but it was really beautiful. And so I'm looking at this meadow, and I can see on the other side of the meadow there was a um fieldstone wall that had pink roses that grew up and over it, and that was in my first, in my second NDE. I recognized it. And mm. then I looked a little bit beyond that, and I could see the garden where I had been before. And I recognized it, and um, there were lots of people, um, hundreds of people coming out of that garden and walking through the meadow. And while that was happening, there was this little brown and white beagle puppy at my feet, and mm-hmm. he was wiggling all over, and he barking, and he wanted me to, to pet him. So I leaned down, and I was petting him and rubbing his tummy, and he was just he was just so cute and, and roly-poly and healthy and pudgy, and just he was just adorable. Mm-hmm. So... While I was playing with the puppy, I looked back at the people coming out of the garden, and there were, I mean, men and women and children, all races, ages, sizes, all traditions. There was a couple of men from the Middle East, and I could tell that that's what they were from because they were wearing uh, robes and they had, um, I don't know, hats on their heads, and they were talking with each other. But every single person that came out of that, um, garden had an angel with them, and the angel was bigger and more illuminated and was wearing a blue and white robe. And the there was another man that I saw, and he looked like he was maybe from New York or something, and he had a, still had a hard hat on, and he was carrying tools in a mm-hmm. vest that he was wearing. And then these people were just coming out and 
they kept going into the city. And I could hear in the city, I could hear um, music playing. It almost sounded like carnival music or party music. And I heard dishes clanging and people talking. So I knew that there was some big festive occasion that they were preparing for. But um, there were two other men that came into my view, and one of them, um, I knew him from pictures that I had seen from a friend of mine on Facebook. It was her son who had died years ago. And there was an older gentleman with him, and he, um, I knew, figured out that that was his father. And when they walked up to me, I said, well, I know you. And he just smiled and walked into the city with the older gentleman. And um, I was told after he they went into the city, I was told that I was going to have to come back. That I was, I, you know, I, it wasn't my time. But I knew that the the man and his son were together and that they were okay. Um, mm-hmm. well, now, who, as, who told? Who, did you just sense that you were going to have to go back, or did some? Did you hear a voice? It was like um, like having a giant IV bottle of knowledge. Um, it was divine knowledge. It was like I didn't hear a voice, but I was giving, been given this answer that, no, you're, it's not your time. You're going to go back. But yes. seeing these people and the puppy and all of it is very important. And I, But I was like, no, I don't want to go back. <laughs> no, you know, it's it's interesting. You were outside of the city, and yet where you had had that conversation in the last NDE with with Jesus and with God, that was outside of the city, too. That was yeah. in that grove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was outside the city. Yeah. Interesting. So okay, I, so go I on. don't know. It's always <laughs> that wall. I couldn't get over that wall, and I guess that's a barrier i guess my barrier for me i guess to keep me from having to come back all the time (laughs) well that's it uh people see um see barriers they know if they cross they're going to be that they're not going to come back and sometimes it's described as a wall and sometimes it's a doorway and sometimes it's almost like crossing a line you know that that means at that point uh your life is over and so that wall i guess that's what that golden wall represented to you yeah, because I've seen it in, in the second near-death experience, and then I'm standing right next to it in the third, and it's so big and so thick, and it's I can't get over this wall if I try. <laughs> <laughs> so as I went further, um, I saw a beautiful, I did see a beautiful building, and this building was um, made of, like, had columns and archways and um, there were two huge ornate doors one in the front and one in the back and there was an angel that stood at each of the doorways and they held on to keys and you couldn't get in that building unless the angel allowed you entry and by unlocking the door using these keys but I went in and once inside, I saw that there was nothing inside this huge room but a large podium, and sitting on the podium was a huge golden book, and this book was like alive. It There was a, a light that came out of the book, and it 
just illuminated the whole room. And I noticed that the paper inside the book was made of a material that I, I don't think I've ever seen before. It was like a tightly woven cloth. And the book was open, and the writing in the book was made of gold. The, the whole book was gold, but the writing on the pages was gold, and it was in a language that I didn't know, some kind of symbols or ancient script. Um, mm-hmm. But the angel didn't talk to me. He didn't say anything um, while I was looking at the book. So I was not going to get my questions answered by this angel. He was just staring ahead, watching, keeping watch over. But I think that when I read the book, it, it wasn't to my page, and that's the reason why I couldn't understand what the writing was at all. And... um we, after a time, we went out into the courtyard, and the angel, the only thing the angel said to me was to read the Book of Life as a gift. And then he left. And then I began getting this infused knowledge again, um, the, like using pendulums and computer programs and cards and things like that. It's not how someone can read this holy book. It, you can access it through your heart, and it's a gift that's given by God to certain people. Not everybody has that gift. And then uh, after that, I went back into my body. And when I woke up, I was still hooked to all these machines, and there was a nurse standing next to my bedside. Well, later that day, when I was well enough to be taken to my room, I received a message from another friend who told me that the woman whose son, whose pictures that I had seen, who passed a long time ago, yes, um, she had lost her husband that day while I was in surgery, and oh. that was the man that I had saw him with. And um, I also talked with my daughter and found out what the puppy situation was, and she told me that. Um, they had had to call the police on a neighbor who lived down the street from them because the neighbor was seen beating the puppy, his beagle puppy to death. So he had been arrested for that. And when I told her that the puppy was there and that he was fine and that we will see our pets, you know, pets go to heaven, we do see them, and that he was, that little puppy was just as cute as could be and he was healthy and whole and it wasn't hurting any, or anything. And that really helped her. So, and it, I, and that story will help everyone that worries about where their pets go when they die. They, uh, and non-pets, I'm sure, animals. All all life is infused with God. Winds up in the, the eternal. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> The uh, when you saw the the men in turbans and so forth, was that you? Did you take that to be uh, a message that not only Christians go into the go into the gate through the gate into the holy city? Yes, it's not just God made everybody. <laughs> it's not exactly. Man made man made religions or man made terms or whatever. He made everybody, and everybody is it's home to everybody. So is is your assumption then with the, with the music and the clatter of dishes and so forth that our lives go on 
pretty much as as they were, but but in a, a much happier setting. And uh, because it's interesting, the spiritual encounters and even the Book of Life are outside of the Golden Wall in your in your NDE. Um, but um, but life goes on once you cross through the gate. Yeah, it does. Um, and I noticed it's quite similar to some of the things that bring us joy here. We experience there, and only with a much more heightened awareness because you don't have the filters that we have when we're on Earth. So things are so much more beautiful, so much more vivid. And the love that you feel is so huge that there's not really words to describe it. And so everyone that I saw was joyful and happy. There was no sadness. The two Middle Eastern men, they they looked like they were friends. They were talking and laughing together. And um, the children that I saw were kind of skipping and running along, you know, and... um, even the animals are happy. The birds are singing joyfully. It's just like such a magnificent place. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, with the people that were coming, uh, and you said hundreds of people, and each had an angel, more or less like a guardian angel, but, right. but large, uh, uh, large beings. Um, were they, do you suppose they had all had experienced a conversation with God as you had? Um, you know, it could be multidimensional, could, you know, hundreds of people could be having conversations with God all at the same time. But that recognition that you had in your second NDE that, um, well, God asked you the question, um, uh, what would you do if it was just me and you right. establishing that? We're all so connected that you, at that moment, were representing the creation. I mean, he was having a conversation with the whole creation because because you were connected with everything else, and and God was in you, and God was in everything. It was, I mean, it's a very powerful image, and I I hope everyone will go back to to our show, uh, you know, our first interview where you discuss that so in such detail. But uh, do you suppose all those people, those hundreds of people coming out, had just had that same revelation that you'd received? I think so. I I really do. Because that seemed to be a receiving area. And God seems, you know, from what I, my experience, God is right there and he receives every soul that comes in there Mm. and has his conversation with them. And and I I believe, yes, (laughs) to answer your question, yes. Uh, now, with your health problems and with the with the cares and woes of the world, you, in your in your book you mentioned times of depression. Even with these revelations, even with these experiences, it's certainly possible to to get depressed, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I do, um, and people tell me I shouldn't, but you know, there's such a vast difference between heaven and earth and sometimes it's hard to live you know life gets tough it's you know relationships um are complicated and uh, there's money issues and there's you know health issues and 
there's there's lots of things that can can bring you down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's, you would think, you think that once you've been in heaven, you'd stay up all the time, but you don't. <laughs> yeah. Do you think maybe it's the contrast with the, the when you see how see what the possibilities are for happiness and joy and love, and then you're back here where it's just a shadow of that a lot of the time. Yeah, I I was in shock um, in my second after my second near death experience. Uh, I had stayed in that oneness with God for like six months after, and I was so happy all the time and up and vibrating so high. I mean, I guess you can't see the face of God and not vibrate, you know, you know, not glow yes. along with Him. And I brought that back with me for about six months, and then kind of settled in and I was in shock. I mean, it was like, this is so, living earth is so different. It's so hard. It's it's like walking in mud, you know, compared mm-hmm. to a life in heaven. You're, you're flying free and you're, you don't, I don't know, there's no oppression, no, no darkness at all. Um, and, when people are depressed, there is oppression, and they can get into a dark place mm. in their hearts and in their minds, and it seems like it's dark everywhere. But in, a, it, in our second show, you talked about uh, that time when there was a, a de- almost a demonic uh, person in your backyard, and and something very weird was going on in, in your house. Yeah. Uh, What's your understanding of evil? Because you you did ask God, you know, there there are people who do bad things. Are you in them too? And God said yes. I think my understanding of evil is that it's a created being. These are created beings just like we are. And um, for whatever reason, and I don't know the mind of God, so I can't tell you why. There, you know, the old stories to say that it's fallen angels and so forth. But I wasn't there, so I didn't see that. But I do know that there is evil, and it is very real, and it can, um, get into people's lives that, um, through mental illness or drugs or drinking or, you know, people messing around with Ouija boards and don't realize what they're doing and that mm. kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it takes like, almost like it takes advantage of people to try and, and get into their lives and, and, and selfishness and bitterness and anger and all of those things, um, come from these evil, you know, they, don't want us to experience the joy of, of the total union with God. So they slip in and and put these little thoughts in our heads that tell they use our mind like a battlefield and, and they put these thoughts in our heads that tell us that we're no good, that God doesn't love us anymore, we can't witness that power of his love, we're not worthy and things like that. And those negative thoughts come from the evil that's out there. And it's almost like there's a battle for our souls. You know, they want to take as many down as they can. 
And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't believe that, but when I saw that being out in my yard that was so evil and so real, God was teaching me how to discern spirits. And he was saying, yes, this is real. And you need to tell people that that this stuff is real. And, you know, they can call on me and I will help them get through those dark times and when the devil's around you or the evil one is around you. Um, You call on God and he's there. And you don't have to fight it by yourself. Yeah. Did you, uh, when you asked him if he was in um, people who had fallen, let's call it that, uh, and you, and he said yes, because of course he's in everything that's created. Um, exactly. Did you ask him why <laughs> he had created evil? Did, did, was there any kind of indication about? Was it done as a as a challenge, as a learning lesson for us? Or is it is it a way to sort out um, our own spirits? You know what. What uh, did was there any reason given by God? Um, <laughs> I honestly didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, my dad used to tell me when I was a little girl, "Why don't you ask questions more? Why don't you question more?" Well, because God said it was so, so it's so. I don't have to ask <laughs> questions. <laughs> so He told me that this was real, and I didn't question his authority. I didn't question, okay, why did you do that? That's a stupid thing to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, no, I did not ask that question, but um, I just know that in my life, I have come across evil. And so I know that it's real, and I just Ask Jesus to take it away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No. And, well, and I think that's probably that's, that's probably a good a good answer because uh, you know uh, w- one thing that people who've had NDEs uh, often say is I had the feeling that all of my questions, all of the things that I'd had doubts about, were answered while I was on the other side. And so, if you have that feeling that all your questions. Um, I mean, all, all of everything makes sense, that, that it all makes sense, actually. Then, then those questions would actually disappear. Yeah. And I did have that both times I was there. I had that. Uh-huh. It felt like a, I was being infused, uh, like a giant IV bottle of divine knowledge, you know. So I really didn't. And it did make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I come back here and it's like, really? Why can't I remember <laughs> all the intricate details and every little word that was said? And, you know, like I remember so much and then, you know. And then there was the Book of Life. Now, did you think that was simply um, a list of the people who get into heaven or was it like a font of all knowledge and wisdom? Was it like it was, the Akashic Record? Yes, that's exactly what it was. And it was... Every soul that had ever lived was in that book, and it was a living book, and it was because we are living souls. We're not just, every person is a soul, and every person has a spirit. So every person that was ever born was in that book. Every person that was ever thought of, whether they lived or 
or died as babies or before birth or whatever, but every soul was in that book. And that's what I knew it to be. And that well, was you know not what? on my page, so I couldn't read <laughs> whose life it was that was in front of me. It was none of my business. Yeah, but you know what that implies is that the universal salvation, because if your name is written, if all names are written in the book of life, then we all ultimately can go through that gate. Yeah, yeah, that's the good news. That's, <laughs> the, that's a really good news. Go through that gate. <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be a welcoming party for every single person that he's ever created, because that's, <laughs> that's what his love does. Yes. Well, you know, Sharon, we're out of time and we haven't even gotten to your fourth NDE and I'm wondering if you could come back next week and we'll round it out. I would be honored. Thank you so much. We it worked before, it should it should work again. And your your <laughs> this last NDE I'm very interested in because even though it's a very simple story, it's got profound implications. Anyway, uh take a, a few seconds and tell people how they can get your book. Um, my book is A Song in the Wind, A Near-Death Experience, and it's on Amazon, and you can go there and order it. Very good. Very good. I hope they do. It's 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 really good. And it doesn't have the fourth NDE, so even if they buy the book and read it before next week, uh, they'll have something uh, new to hear about. Yeah. Well, uh, my third Monday. or my fourth is not in there. My my first two are in there, and I'm working on a sequel to it that will have this third one that I just told you, and then the fourth yes. one will be in there, too. So, All right. Once I get that done. <laughs> well, thanks until next week, Sharon. Uh, okay, thank you thank for sharing you. your story thus far. If uh, the audience would like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. For more information about the work of IANS and our upcoming conference in Seattle, check out that website, iands.org, and tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.